Hi. Hi. <laughs> Is that how we started? No, it's not how we started. We were just like, do, 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 do. You pick a great music for it. I did. Yeah, we have our very calming, like, day spa. Like, it does, music. but it feels like a day spa that's about to find a new invent, like an invention. Or oh, you're saying new investor. That's oh. Like a nightclub. <laughs> it's the only no. day spa I go to. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> that sounds like. It glows in the dark. <laughs> Cucumbers are dipped in beyond. Nice WeWork <laughs> spinoff. Um, no, I, it just sounds very like Silicon Valley. We're up to cool things. We are up to cool things. And welcome everybody to the Kingdom of Favorite yes. Podcast. <laughs> Your favorite podcast. Uh, for those of you who are new listeners, if there are new listeners out there, I'm Amy Sudo. I'm Flannery Maney. And we are the founders of Kingdom of Pavement and... Uh, but this time we're in Flannery's room. <laughs> <laughs> this time we're in Studio Flannery Maney. Studio in Studio City. City. Are there... <laughs> no, no, like, I was... Studio Flannery Maney is the name of the town. Um, <laughs> no, we're in my I'm setting the scene here. There's no cat. Um, no cat, sadly. But, but also good for our audio quality, which is improving by episode. Maybe let us know. Let us. But don't let us know. <laughs> don't, we don't care that much. We do, we do care. We care. We, we actively are working towards that. It's just that we've had a lot of other stuff going on that yeah. we can't really focus on it. But yeah. um, Every podcast you know and love has always had that period of time where you're like, the audio, quali- audio quality is good, but I still hear cats and cat cars <laughs> in the background. That's like, uh, the character in My Favorite Murder is like a cat, Elvis the cat. Like, mm-hmm. they, he interacts, so yeah, it's exactly. a thing. Like, yeah. podcasts are supposed to be conversational, and you can't judge us that much on our audio quality. Yeah. Because uh, our character arc as a podcast is to slowly improve over time. Yeah. I also live in an apartment with two other humans <laughs> and very loud, very loud neighbors. live in Los Angeles. There are yep. sirens. There are... I was... Oh, I was listening to the podcast I recorded with Dave forever ago, and I was, like, hearing the sirens in the background, and I, like, immediately looked around for, the like, the sirens in, like, my current apartment. I was like, oh, I didn't know that there were sirens. I was like, oh, podcast. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I'm such an old person about songs that have like a woo like a pitbull song mm-hmm. that has like a woo in it like, <laughs> every time I'm driving I'm like where is it where's the siren I like pull over to the right side of the road it's from the radio <laughs> yeah I, I feel the same way whenever I hear Mr. 305 I'm like, what <laughs> where's uh, pitbull <laughs> uh, you hear the woo <laughs> uh, much like pitbull we're here to <laughs> answer the question can we have it all <laughs> um good connection there uh, he has all of the women in area codes, uh, and we uh, are here to a- ask and maybe answer the question. Wait, really? <laughs> Today at Mendocino Farms, when Amy wasn't there, <laughs> I got the bathroom code from the guy, mm-hmm. and um, he was like, 4308, and I turn around and I say, that was my zip code going up. But it wasn't. My my zip code was 43085. But it was just like really awkward because there's not enough digits to be a zip code. But he also didn't hear me and didn't care. I mean, that's incredible. No reason I should have ever shared that false information. I love that so much. And also, he was just such a nice gentleman. He was so nice. nice. I thought that he'd be interested. Anyway, he probably listened. Um, so we wanted to, like, 
make an episode about can you have it all because have you ever seen those um 80s movies where the woman's like walking on a treadmill and she's like i'm planning my wedding and walking on this treadmill and i'm the ceo and blah 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 and it's it's such a no it's like the woman with like the clacky yes, heels that's yeah. such a trope and it is, it is i true. i still i but i think that men feel the pressure just as much these days i think it's um, especially in our industry, there's like a romance to being busy, you know? Yes. Oh, I just like spent like too many, too, too long tweeting about how... I read the tweet. That was great. Oh, thank you. I about loved it. How um, like we as a culture like think this, that being busy all the time means you're like so special. And I've seen this like in, especially in our industry where it's like, oh, if you have like drinks planned out to like 2024, like you must be so special. When you send your schedule, it's not until like, like I have these two dates free. Yeah. It's like, that's not cool. Like that makes me actually like not want to like hang out with this person or get to know them or like work with them because I'm like, if you're that busy, you don't have bandwidth for me. You don't have bandwidth for like the things like you're just so busy. Like I don't want to like add to your plate. And like, it's kind of like a thing where like, I don't, and I used to be that person where I was super busy and have drinks every single night. Uh, and now I'm just like, no, I don't want to be that busy so that I can be accessible for people. And like, I with people. notice that so much when I meet new people and they're awesome. Yeah. I like can't figure out a way to be like, let's hang out mm-hmm. because I ha- I haven't seen friends for a long time, like certain yeah. friends for a long time. And I feel like that's like cheating. Like I need mm-hmm. to like see those friends first and then I can, yeah. but like in reality, it's just like whenever it should just be like when it's convenient and like when it's natural, you know, yeah. but I agree. Like I don't feel very accessible to people right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, I had a really lovely shout out to my friend Kenita who's like, perfect um I'm in writers group with her an accountability group and I posted something the other day um because we do daily check-ins and I I checked in and I was like I'm just feeling overwhelmed by my 20s like I have like seven or eight things that are like big life things like do I want to go back to college like getting insurance at the end of the year like do I want to continue producing Mm -hmm. um you know all of these different kind of questions that I'm not really sure about Mm -hmm. and it feels like they're all kind of hitting at once um, and she reached out and she was like, do you want to get coffee? Like anytime, like come and meet. And I literally had to respond. And I was like, I don't think I have any time this week. Mm. And that makes me feel shitty when someone reached out to me, but she like totally understood. Yeah. That was the best thing too, is like understand You're when people are. London on Friday. London? Yeah. London, London on Friday. London and Spain. Yeah. yeah. Which is also, it's completely understandable. Like, I feel like you're, it's not an excessive, I mean, you're going to, you're going to international travel. Yeah. <laughs> like being busy this week is, and I'm also like, we just tried to schedule time to do our photo shoot for the t-shirts and we both looked at our schedule. And, and we like, couldn't, couldn't do it. Do it. <laughs> which is, okay, so it's still a work in progress to <laughs> pare down my schedule too. So it's I mean, like, both of us are guilty of it. The worst thing yeah. is when I like guilt my when I'm guilty when I feel Mm -hmm. so guilty for traveling I've been so guilty like I just told you at dinner you're like oh this meeting like this person you have to meet them like they're great they're part they're you're back though exactly yeah exactly if they're not something tragic happened to them that's another thing (laughs) or me (laughs) um uh yeah but no but going back to like this idea of like having it all like especially with our schedules like it just sometimes can feel and seem on paper impossible to be like pay the bills do the art run kingdom of pavement uh and read all a of book this stuff. read a book mm-hmm. like educate ourselves plan for the future like it all just seems impossible so we wanted to create this podcast to talk about it and kind of the we want to kind of divide this into a like two main sections which is like work and then like 
dating, personal relationships, like that sort of things. Because those are feel like the two life things. The two yeah. biggest things is like our work, which just consumes everything because of the industry we're in and the town we're in. Town, city, <laughs> and but town metaphor. Small town, Los Angeles. <laughs> the, the town, uh, and then uh, dating slash personal life because that's also another big part, and that kind of represents like our future. Like, what do what do our support systems look like outside of like our obviously our family? So, like, what are these things look like? So, yeah. yeah. Um, is the fact that my roommate is running a bath going to be an issue? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> okay. In case you're wondering what that gentle water noise is. <laughs> oh wait, we can you oh we can use this, <laughs> listeners. Uh, you might hear the sound of a bath in the background, but we also wanted to take this to to talk about Flannery's film that just got into Austin about yes. bath, bath waters. <laughs> uh, I butchered that, but you get the you get the great. picture of Flannery. Do you want to talk about that? Because this sound is definitely intentional. Oh my god! Yes, we planned this. Um, <laughs> This is a product placement. <laughs> That's not right <laughs> at all. Advertise it for the fact that you're going to be in the Austin Film Fest. So if any of our listeners are going to the Austin Film Fest, yeah, hit me up. Um, I feel super lucky to have. First of all, Austin's a big deal, and mm-hmm. I'm so proud of my roommate. This is his first film. So That's like a really yeah. big deal, and I produced it, and my friend Heather produced it, and she's incredible. Um, I go at the end of October, and it's a writers conference too which is like the first time I went to Austin it was the first time I ever felt like a writer Mm. I remember getting there and like everybody was so nerdy and wanted to talk to me and I'm like thank god there's people that want to sit and listen to my pitch (laughs) or people that want to talk about breaking story um it was so special and I can't wait to go back this year I'm already like like it's funny the first time I went because I was still like I'm an actor dabbling in this because I place like I get a free I get like a discounted badge I'm definitely gonna go this time I'm like looking at the schedule like planning like you know researching everyone involved and it just feels really special in two years to have um grown this much in my career as far as just taking myself seriously and treating this like a career so yeah I mean you've got serious milestones that I won't mention because I know that they're still in the works with things <laughs> and like you've got like don't share my secrets I'm not gonna share your secrets but like you're oh, you're oh your people are paying you to write things like that's such a huge I think we forget about that because out like in this town it's like people like everybody around us seems to be getting paid to write things but that's not true mm. uh so it's just you that's awesome that's phenomenal and i'm so excited for you this is your like third film to premiere this year there are three there's three from that i produced last year mm. yeah um which is really exciting mm. and it's fun to get to have like a producers real about a thing I don't know it's fun to be able to show people stuff that I made and have the skills that I need going forward but we were just before we started recording we had a great conversation we (laughs) wish we'd recorded um about we started this publication and I was like still finishing up all my films and posts but I like wasn't I don't know I just wasn't on good footing and I was kind of scattered but I was looking to start something creative so we started it um but you were also in a really specific place of like taking meetings and we, we were both just talking about how far we've come in this amount of time. Um, but yeah, we were talking about the past six months and how it's six months ish. I can't do math. Uh, how far we've come as individuals since we started the King of Pavement podcast and magazine and Flannery especially has like got a bunch of cool stuff cooking in <laughs> Yeah, I was about I, to ask you how you feel, so I didn't <laughs> talk about myself. Let's, we should do that. Like, Amy, okay. talk about your journey from the beginning of pavement to now, like, yeah. just outside of pavement. 
Yeah, um, it's been it's been great. Like it's been uh, a lot of like, see, like TV stuff has like like caught up. Like there's been I've been meeting a lot of like really awesome people and like having cool meetings with with people that are making the kinds of like shows that I watch and the things that I love. And I'm able to walk into a meeting and be like, I love what you do. And like, and then we connect on a personal level too. And what's been really cool is kind of like the synthesis of the things that I'm doing outside of my work. So I ghostwrite memoirs for people all over the world and do like all this weird freelance stuff. And like, uh, I was in Berlin a few weeks ago, uh, interviewing this photographer for Kingdom of Pavement, who's just phenomenal. And also like meeting with my friend who's doing an entertainment startup out there that I'm helping with and like all this just like stuff that's awesome and fun. And, and it just all like, I just, I, I, I like was in a meeting and I was talking about all this stuff and this person was like, that's impressive. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, it's it something is. that I like forget because like we live this day to day and we're constantly putting ourselves to the high standard of we live in Los Angeles. Everybody's doing cool stuff. Uh, our cool stuff doesn't matter as much as other people's cool stuff. Right, but also that progress doesn't yeah. matter unless it's a payout, right? Unless you're yeah, like, unless you're in deadline, it doesn't matter. Right, exactly. <laughs> and let, yeah, uh, and I think like yeah. it was really interesting when we were having dinner tonight, and I realized that we're completely different people than when we started this publication. Mm-hmm. Like, not crazy, but you know, we still have the same values. Yeah. But I remember sitting trying to like publish the first issue and feeling it was so hard. It was so hard. It was really we hard. Out there. We'd be like, this is the thing we're doing and then have to try to explain it. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't really know how to explain it. Yeah, and like it's a thing, it's a website, just go, but we're publication, but we're digital. Yeah. But I remember yeah. you telling me like you were meeting with managers back then before you had your people mm-hmm. and you were like first interviewing for different things and like it just I feel like you you've built a complete company as a freelancer mm-hmm. since that moment in yeah. six months and now it's your career like your other career and it's yeah. pretty incredible yeah there was a scary period of time like when I was so I was leaving my show because like our sh- like we're who, who knows what audience the future holds for audience network who knows <laughs> us included I'm out of the loop I don't know anything um but like we don't know for like even if we do another season would I get brought back like there's all these questions like after my show ended and like I started looking for other things and like it was up for a show and like just like other like other opportunities started to come up but it was super scary because right when I was leaving the show I was starting my yoga training to be a yoga teacher but I didn't know like, what I was going to be doing. That's right. You weren't even certified yet, right? Yeah, I wasn't even certified. And now I'm teaching at a bunch of different places. I'm teaching teachers at a charter school in a low-income school district. I'm teaching, um, like, at a Gold's Gym, which has been awesome because, like, I'm getting these, like, I'm, I'm... I'm making an impact and I'm also running workshops with an aromatherapist and I'm like doing all, I'm a yoga, like I, I ran into one of my old teachers who trained me at the studio that I trained at and she's like, you're a full-time yoga teacher. Like, that's crazy. Like you're, you hustled and you, you worked to get here. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about the work that I put in for that this year. Oh my God. I remember um, it. It was so much. Yeah. You were always training and always. Yeah. Yeah. It was always staying and teaching to, and yeah. Trying to power through Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 6 6 p.m. trainings oh for, God. especially after Saturday night festivities. Um, <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe yeah. you did that. Um, but yeah, it's been really incredible because like not only have I built a yoga business and like I've started teaching and I'm like have lucky to like, you know, be able to do what I love in that front and like work in a yoga studio as that. It's been really great. But also I've been able to uh, really like 
cultivate my freelance writing business. And I, when I left Condor, I, I was like, okay, like I, I had like a few things that were about to go. It looked like I might've gotten staffed, but then it didn't work out. And, and then I was like, okay, now what? Like staffing season's over. The writers like are all leaving their agents. Like even though I signed with managers, I was like, where, what do I do now? Like, and obviously I wrote another sample, but also I was able to like cover my expenses and, and make a business yeah. <laughs> out of that, which has been crazy. And it's still something I'm learning and working on and like figuring out, but it's been great. <laughs> Even though it's like the hours can sometimes be insane, but it's been awesome. So yeah. Yeah. I can't even believe it. And I, I felt kind of like, I, I couldn't agree more. I think like when I, I, when I first started writing, I went through this period of time where I was having all this momentum and success and it felt really juicy and good um, and specific. Like I had a few specific tracks that I was following and that was like all I could do and that was great. And then I realized that I didn't have enough experience yet to really knock them out of the park. Like I'd get the meeting, but I wouldn't book it or like I'd not book it, not for acting, but you know, I'd, I'd meet the agent and then I'd be like, okay, she's like clearly 21 and needs to like age up a little bit he needs to needs to get her get some experience under her belt um but I so I decided to spend the next two years I think how old am I I'm 26 <laughs> okay wait I yeah I my age all the time I think I was older <laughs> than that when I started writing um you know but I spent the next two years building stuff like producing films and writing a bunch of samples um and so I realized I think around the time we started pavement that I had those things. I also had a lot of relationships, but I had a lot of like projects that were started that felt like they were taking my time in a way that wasn't great. You know, mm -hmm. and I, I, so I've spent these six months picking the ones that I'm like this project and, you know, passing the other projects off to someone else or not working on them so actively anymore. Um, you know, I quit a day job, so that was like a big step, but a great step, um, because, you know, I'm actively pushing to like get in a writer's room. So it was a really important step for me to take to be able to be like, no, I'm going to like make this my everyday pursuit until I get what I want. Um, so that's been really great. Um, but yeah, I guess I've just arrived at this place where I have really good connections, but I'm only like actively working with like two producers at once, yeah. which from going from like 12 to two is a huge, not that I don't love every single one of my producers that I work with. Mm -hmm. It's just that you can't do a good enough job if you're stretched too thin. And I think I was just stretched too thin when we started this. And mm -hmm. now obviously I'm still really busy, but it's a lot more about the travel that I booked for the end of the year and like going to yeah. film festivals and honestly just writing, like writing I've made a priority, especially in the past few weeks. And I just think it's a much better place to be. It's a much more stable sort of anxiety free way to live. Yeah. And you already have a like a quote, I hate this term, but quote unquote, brand and voice like I remember the first script that I met I read when I met you is still like feels very much in line with your tone and your voice to what you're writing now uh and the scripts that you're bringing in a writer's group and it's just whenever I think of like oh who would be whenever somebody mentions like oh we write 
female-driven historical, like... Hour-long. Hour-long. I'm like, oh, Flannery. Have you met Flannery? Uh, and when I actually remember to introduce people to other people, because I'm terrible at that and trying to get no, better. No, you're not. Uh, Tony, don't I, I always... these lies on our podcast, Amy. <laughs> There's some people who are great at connecting people, and I'm great at it, but I'm also scatterbrained sometimes when it comes to being like, oh, you guys should meet. And then, like, three weeks later, I'm like, oh, no, 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 they need to meet, they need to meet. And then I actually remember sending email. So I'm trying to get better at that because the, my friends who are great at that are awesome. Um, but, yeah, but you've, like, been paid, you're, paid, you're being paid to write stuff. You have, like, deals in the works. And, like, I'm just impressed by you. And, like, you, you we've both come so far. And, like, it's exciting to see Thanks. where we're going to go. I'm excited, um, too. And just as far as the question of can we have it all, I mean – First of all, I guess we have to define, like, I think we should both define for ourselves what having it all looks like. Mm, yeah, let's do that. That's a good exercise. In fact, listeners. Can you guys do that too? Yeah, everybody pause. Press pause after we give you these instructions. Go and write down what, like, the picture of what having it all looks like for you. Or if you want to draw it, if you're a beautiful Ooh, artist. Yes. Which I'm yeah, not. I'm also not. <laughs> so, yeah, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, so... Go pause, go do that, and then when you're ready, come back, and then we'll define what we find. Yeah. Have it all. What we, words. Do you want to go, go first? <laughs> sure, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, this is something that I've been, when I was in, I really like, what I, I, this was like my first trip going to Europe, so when I was in Berlin and Paris a few weeks ago, I had just like, it was just so beautiful to have another perspective on the world and be able to travel and meet other people and I met a lot of people my age who were traveling and learning about a lot a lot of the world and had moved from their hometowns to Berlin uh, to pursue something really different and interesting with their lives and it was really cool to hear about what brought them there because it got me thinking about like what I want and what brought me to LA um, especially because I was going to visit a friend who lives in Berlin and is an expat from LA so it was really interesting to hear kind of how like his perspective and all of these other people that I've met. Uh, and so it's something I've been thinking a lot about. But basically for me, having it all means building something on the work front, like Kingdom of Pavement and, and other projects that I can employ the people that I love and respect and give them jobs and collaborate with them and be teammates with them on a way that allows us all to do what we love for a living. Because I think that if you do what you love, then... The old adage, you never work a day in your life. I think that's true. I think that's really true. It's so true. It, even though, yes, we're, we're still working. Like, everything, like, every moment I spend working on Kingdom of Pavement stuff, I'm excited, and it's fun. And it's, even though some of it's, like, a little, like, daunting or tough or administrative or whatever, um, but it's still, like, it fills your soul. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we've been talking a lot about that since we started Kingdom of Pavement. We're like, it just feeds our soul. It's important. Um, so I think that like doing like on the work front, I need those big projects that involve a lot of people that involve a lot of collaboration that are so creative. So Kingdom of Pavement and then also scripts and, and TV shows and things that I believe in that have a team that I believe in. And like, that's something that I'm going to probably have to spend a lot of time fighting for because the people that I believe in are people who the world doesn't know about and like the actors mm. that I want to work in my projects are actors you may not have heard of yet and I, I think it's going to be really hard to fight those battles to be like I want this project to go when I can work with people to make you know make it work and make it sellable whatever but I want it to have the right people on board because I think that the moment we start working with people we don't respect, we're gone. We're done. We're, it's not fun anymore. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. it's, not, it's not fulfilling and it's not worth it. And 
I don't know. So I would, I know that I don't have very much power over that right now, but like down the line when I do, I only want to work with people I trust and respect. So on the work front, that's what that looks like. And then the hard part, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast is like the dating romantic, like what does that look like? And that has just been a big old question mark, <laughs> especially because in the past six months, my article in the LA Times came out about how pole dancing helped me come out as bisexual, uh, and which was like such a fun article and like also got like such a loving, lovely response from everybody. And um, so that's like a whole other side of like my dating life that's a total disaster, not a disaster, yeah, a disaster. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's I something think that's like, a, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> more, I would say, how do you want to feel? At the like later on in your at the moment when you yes. have it all, how do you right. want to feel romantically yeah, in your a life? Good, that's and a good what possible? <laughs> what does that maybe possibly look like? If yeah. you can, but um, you don't have to offer that. Yeah, I I think it looks like being able to have that connection uh, in a way that's like intimate and thoughtful. Um, because I think like the people that I click with the most are people who are self aware. So that's really high on my list. And like I I don't know completely what you know what having it all looks like and I don't think I want kids at this point and I haven't really ever wanted kids so I don't think having it all for me at this point or in the future or probably never includes kids so it's like trying to figure out what like that looks like is still just help like healthy (laughs) I think having it all for me is like healthy stable like intimacy and like having that connection um, down the line with whoever and, and, and finding that person and trying to find something that also meshes with my work life, because this is such a particular weird field that we work in that's so demanding and has so many sacrifices, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. So having it all just, I guess, means, you know, healthy, happy, good, positive, (laughs) like good connection with somebody who's like self-aware. So yeah. Yeah. But what about you? What about you, Flannery? I'm over here biting off my manicure, like hey, <laughs> perfect manicure. That I got a perfect manicure for the first time in a really long time, and I love it. And I just can't stop biting my nails. Um, no, I think it's difficult. It's a difficult question because there's many ways in which my life could unfold that I think I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Some of them include never acting professionally again. Mm. Can't believe I just said that wow. sentence out loud. But truly, Amy, if I were to be hired tomorrow on a show as a staff writer and then I worked my way up and then I became a showrunner, like, I could definitely be fucking happy with that <laughs> as, you know, anyone who's a writer probably laughs at, you know. But um, I guess if I were to describe the best case scenario, like, if I could design it, is that what having yeah. it all means? I don't – I struggle because I don't – want to put out this image of myself that I need all of these things um, mm-hmm. because there's definitely a world where I continue to live in Los Angeles and be super happy but if I were to really like have it all I think I would love to live in London and work for the BBC and write for the BBC um, but still like via like a la Phoebe Waller-Bridge do shows over here and, and you know be a part of this world and live over here for part of the year but but be in London, and I, um, I think, I just, the first time I left the country, I was like, oh my god, it's like, it's like there was a place that I belonged, <laughs> you know, like not yeah. that I don't feel, but I don't really feel that proud of. I feel very privileged to have grown up here. I just, um, yeah, I just see myself 
over there long term. Um, I don't know where yet. Like it could, it doesn't need to be London, but I would love to work in in stage if I ever um, pursued acting again. I would love to be on the stage, um, and they have such good theater there. And I just think like the idea that I would like get to TV right, but also take a year off and do a play at the Globe and like, oh my God, can you even imagine that life? Okay, cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, could definitely see you just loving that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe writing plays. Um, yeah. And then as far as I agree, like something pavement wise where it's like another company that I can really pour myself into. Um, I love, I've always like wanted to be a journalist. That's why pavement has really been such a blessing because I get to like play in that and not feel like this is my yeah exactly (laughs) not put so much pressure on it it gets to be fun journalism um but something something like that where I can allow powerful people to have a platform where people listen I think that's really important to me um yeah I I just feel like too many people are listening to the wrong people and that's really upsetting yeah oh yeah um anyway so I would love to do that I I would really really love to work for a nonprofit. like find a nonprofit that I feel is is really close to my heart and do a lot for them um especially I went to a gala last night and it it was like seeing people who've devoted their entire lives to this um and how fulfilled they are and you know getting to do something really good I think that's important to me too yeah um as far as I don't know Yet, if marriage is ideal for me, I, like, definitely want a partnership with somebody. Um, but whatever it is, like, I may, I'm probably, you know, who knows how I'm going to feel in five years. I could be listening to this laughing, but <laughs> yeah. I just, the idea really isn't great for me right now um, of marriage. I just have a hard time wrapping my head around the idea of forever with somebody, especially when so many people that get married don't end up spending forever with somebody. So it's like, how can you make that promise when it's like not, I don't know. Like I, I, I think the statistic is like 50% of marriages end in divorce. Yeah, yeah. And like, I know so many friends with great marriages. It's hard to like say this. I just think, I think relationships are, you take it a day at a time and like you choose that day to be with somebody. But mm-hmm. on that level, like I, I want someone to like choose to want to be with me. And that's like, I, I want like a partnership and like, you know, something committed and blah, blah, blah. And I feel safe and all these things. So, um, you know, especially if I'm like running a show and I also think I want kids. So, you know, if you're going to have kids and not be married that you need, that's a lot of like, you know, there's no fucking contract keeping that person around. Yeah. And that's like, but, yeah. but why should there have to be a contract to keep right. a person around? You yeah, know what I mean? They can still leave. They can still leave. Yeah. You just, there's a lot more paperwork and yeah, everybody expensive. loses money. Yeah. I, I think like, yeah, I, I think a partnership in that kind of sense where, you know, we have children and, and that kind of thing is what I'm looking at. But nice. yeah. When it comes to having it all, the sacrifices that are unique to working out here in L.A. in the entertainment or entertainment-adjacent industries. Oh, my God, there's so many. I mean, I think, yeah. honestly, any even even <laughs> working in – we should talk about entertainment because that's what we can talk to. But even yeah. working in, in investment banking in Manhattan, you work, like, 17 hours a day. I mean, yeah. there's there's you don't even have a night. Like, you right. sleep at your office. Yeah. Um, Anything like that, I would say. Yeah, so we're, we're, we'll talk about entertainment specifically, but it is applicable. The things that we're talking about, like unique challenges to our industry, are so applicable to these other crazy industries. Yeah. Like 
impossible hours, a lot of like insider events and insider culture and every like city has like DCS politics. Yeah. Every city yeah. has its own version of of the Hollywood kind Definitely. of Definitely. Especially like DC. Yeah. Um I I really have one that bothers me to this day. And I it was especially apparent last night. Um I have a really awesome group of people that I went to college with, but I only did college for a year. Mm-hmm. So they went through four years of college together and all became like super close. But I got like a fourth of that kind of friendship but we've all hung out and been close out here the issue is that they all work during the week and I work I work during the week but I also work on the weekend (laughs) um but you know for the six years I've lived out here I've worked weekend nights and that's when they hang out and so I have these great people who I like don't get to see that often because I'm bartending and it sucks like you know, I've, it's doesn't like, I see how close they've gotten and I'm like, Oh my God, that's so beautiful that like our stupid little living on the same floor has facilitated this. Or like my friends Luke and Q were randomly sorted to be roommates and they've lived together ever since. Like they are (laughs) best friends. And I think that's such a brilliant thing. And I sort of self-selected out of that Mm because, you know, and also like I can't usually sit and have a few beers by a pool on a Saturday. Yeah. Think about that, listeners. <laughs> Before you move to LA, you have a lot of people here. Think about no. <laughs> and people do it. People fucking do it. And I yeah. get like people out here for sure like yeah. spend their entire weekend just chilling. And especially people who work during the week, like who are assistants and stuff. I think a lot of those people like Oh brunch. no. No, no, no. A lot of the assistants that I or at least this is my experience because the longest is I know bartending on weekends because you can't survive here on a wow assistant salary. Really? Yeah. So it's like oh, assistant life, and then if you're not bartending, you're working on the script that you can't work for with on during mm. the week, or you're networking and trying to meet other assistants that can get you that next job. Like I feel like I feel like if you're in the entertainment industry, you don't have weekends off ever. Cause yeah, because you're going to a networking event or, or yeah. scripts for your mm. boss. Or I'm like I never I haven't had a weekend. I don't have weekends off. <laughs> like I have random days off that I'm able to like take off because it, like I don't have freelance work and things start the line and I'm yeah. going to take a rest day but like I don't have weekends off I don't think I ever had weekends off and I love writing so it doesn't matter and I'm able to yeah. take breaks and, and get away but no we don't you if you're moving out here to be a writer or work in the entertainment industry you don't have time off yeah I well I think people <laughs> like, tradition, like traditionally people like who do. are like I hate to say this, but, like, a lot of, like, hot actor types are, like, I just need to be at all the parties. And, like, I actually kind You're cringing. I didn't think about that. Amy's cringing. <laughs> Listen, as an actor, though, what else are you going to do? Sit home and write a script? Like, you can... True. If you just want to be an actor, like, I... This used to drive me crazy because I'm such a active... Like, I'm always wanting... I'm always wanting to work towards my goals. You can't control it. You can, like, get better and be in class, but you can't be in, like, four classes. You'll die. Like, you yeah. can be in maybe one or two classes, take workshops, get your headshots in check, get your reel in check, and then, like, try and get representation. Other than that, like, what do you work towards? And so so actually being at those parties is, like, kind of a thing for them. Like, they, that's, like, the way they meet new contacts. And so you're kind of paid to, like, look pretty and be around I'm just being so mean to my like old <laughs> self and like all actors I'm so sorry everybody um no, no I mean but no, if that's, that's kind a of a, like a legitimate challenge. strategy but if you're a writer or someone who works once work in development or producer or director or whatever like that's you're spending all of your extra time like building your reel and like I mean I think sometimes I shouldn't say this, but actors too like they have to build their reel yeah, and like yeah, and you I, know I mean I was also cringing because that sounds 
awful. Like, I would hate to be, at, like, to be forced to go to parties to network. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I like going to parties to, like, talk to one person for the whole, not the whole party, but I don't, I, I don't, I just, the thought of having to go to a party and to, to further your career sounds exhausting because I'm a writer and I don't like that. <laughs> like yeah. I, do, I do networking events and I enjoy it because I'm going to networking events with other writers who are awkward, so it's fun. Um, but I, it's a unique struggle that actors have to go through so that I'm, I, I, yeah. I cringe because that sounds really challenging. It is challenging. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's really, really hard to be an actor, so I shouldn't ever, you know, but knock it. But yeah, um, I think that people also who are kind of bullshit, like mm-hmm. spend a lot of their Saturdays laying around smoking weed. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, I want to be a writer, but I'm not writing. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I don't know how to help you. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. And those people might be a show owner one day. Good job. But, you know, I, I think in order to get, you need to, if you really want to like, like invest in yourself like anytime you have off it's really about building stuff why you're here yeah it's like sacrifices are to you know either making money to sustain yourself and live here and pay the really high rent so that you can take time off to write or audition or whatever so I feel like we we all come to know and expect this hustle of doing a bunch of jobs and, and almost everybody I know has like multiple jobs. Like no one, I, I don't know. I don't think I know anyone with one job. <laughs> like, yeah. No, there's no, I don't. Yeah. yeah Cause really, you have your job and then you're making have, money job. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have many, many jobs. So how do you question, how do you stay balanced? Like we've talked about this before, but the, okay. If we're trying to have it all right now, like you and I actively, what does that look like in your life and how do you stay balanced with all the things that you're doing? Yeah. So we're, I feel like we're constantly calibrating and we, we talked before about trying to find balance. Um, the thing that I'm trying to do now is clear my schedule more and do less of everything, <laughs> like do less so that I can spend more time every day focusing on what am I writing? What am I working on? What am I reading? What am I reading? Yeah. Yeah. And definitely like researching more and and thinking ahead more and planning ahead more rather than just reacting to like what I'm doing. So I'm trying to clear my schedule more. That's what I did for the past six months. That's what I was saying. Like like cleaning it down until it's just like one, like two or three things that you're focusing on. And it just is my headspace is like way better. Yeah, so I'm trying to pare things down and then set the expectations with like anybody that I'm collaborating with or with my clients to be like, I I'm gonna work at this pace. Are we cool with this? And then I might need to take time off to go do other. Or when depending on the client and depending on the project, I will set those boundaries or say like I don't work on weekends or try and let the people in my life know that I need time and and more space. And then also kind of pulling back on the doing a ton of networking because I think that that's great but at the same time I also want I need time to make the stuff that I want to collaborate with people on yeah and so yeah. I, I feel yeah. like there's two distinct periods that I go through it's either like a building period or it's a like reaching out period yeah which yeah. is interesting no that's, I go ooh, through those waves yeah. There's not very good names for those things. Like, I wish there was a more, like, ominous name for <laughs> the reaching out period. But truly, like, when I when I first got started as a writer, it was, like, reaching out. I, I had so many opportunities to connect and, like, things to go to and people to meet with. And yeah. just because of, like, one script people liked. And then everything 
petered out and then it was like oh my god I gotta build I gotta Mm. build I gotta build I gotta build and then when that period started being like okay you have enough then you go back to reaching out with your new stuff you know and it's like a constant but I think I would like to do a better job of integrating those Mm -hmm. um and I think I've kind of found that balance like um not checking emails for the first couple hours of the day when I'm writing in the morning mm-hmm. is important. You taught me, you taught me that and that's mm-hmm. been pretty good, but, um, mostly just like I have a couple irons in the fire as far as like scripts that are going to certain places, which is great. And then I have a couple things that I'm working on as far as scripts that I'm writing from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good balance right now. I feel good yeah. about that. Yeah, no, I like that. I, and I think that's really interesting I think that when we're in a certain phase of a project, we need to sprint and run and just get the draft done and then take time to step back. So I think that there's a little bit of project, the way that we integrate projects in our life is going to depend on what stage of the project we're in. But I like this idea of getting like internal and focusing on the things that you're writing and working on and then like externally, like reaching out and like after you have something to share and sharing it with people. And even during, because yeah. I've made that mistake too, like I'll be quiet about something while I write it for two years and won't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden someone's like, wait, you have a script about this? What? Why didn't you mention it? And I could have yeah. like gotten them excited about it like a few months before I was done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, or, or at least just like pitch them a rough con- concept because if they meet somebody who it's right for during mm-hmm. that period of time and then reach out to them, like that person knows about the idea has already passed to that person, so then yeah. uh, while I'm writing it, then I have a connection to go send it to. Yeah, so. and I was reading this really great book called Real Artists Don't Starve, and it was actually, so it's really interesting because it if we think about art, artists like Michelangelo, we think, oh, he must have been a starving artist, he was a sculptor, whatever. He was rich, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, it turns out they, like, this uh, historian discovered his bank account statements, <sighs> like, had gone through and found them. Because it's he was like Chase Bank, like, you pull it out, <laughs> it's like in a bra. Oh, credit card debt. Uh, no, he found out that he he was rich, and not only that, but he, we're, we're told as artists we have to focus on one thing and just do that one thing. But it turns out, of course, he was a painter and a sculptor and an architect mm. and had hundreds of assistants working for him. So he was not just an artist, but he was a project manager and was entrepreneurial. And like this whole book goes into that. But one of the uh, parts of the book is real artists practice in public, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, and it, so was, true. it was so cool because it was talking about, you know, I have a blog. And over the past 10 years, I've been blogging and writing about my writing journey and like, and I'm still trying to like practice more in public and share my work, but I've met so many phenomenal people. I'm actually going to be on a podcast um, from uh, this is podcast in France. Another podcast? Uh, know, You're cheating, cheating on our podcast? <laughs> um, and he found me from my blog. Oh, nice! He found Kingdom of Pavement from my blog too. And I was I I also hopped on the phone this week with like somebody who's recently graduating. Oh, and then what was really cool is. Uh, I gave somebody, uh, like, this dad reached out to me, and, like, his kid was applying for film schools, and he reached out to me, like, a few years ago for advice because his kid was about to start applying, and it turned out he got into USC, and it's just, like, it's going, so it's, like, it's been a really lovely way to connect with people about my writing and about Mm. other things, and practicing in in public is something that I'm trying to do more, especially on social media, um, because I think we get down about social media, which we can talk about also. Um, but sharing like some of the work and like what I'm working on and like my progress and like maybe some quotes or maybe like an excerpt or something. Cause I, I mentioned what I was working on this like new anti-memoir thing that I'm, I'm in progress of. 
uh, of just starting and it got a really interesting response like connected with some people who like wanted to chat about it so I really think this idea of practicing in public is something that we don't do enough so like these staged yeah. readings of mm. our pilots and like these other pitching things to people at bars pitching to people at bars to practice our pitches and just mm. getting out there yeah. and being like these are instead of having to be like oh it's top secret you're gonna steal my idea which I think is an amateurish way of going I about agree things. I, I think the only yeah. the only success the only success I've had not the only, but <laughs> a no, lot of success that I've had um, getting stuff into people's hands is because someone fucking overheard my loud mouth talking about it. <laughs> and I think that's, or, or, you know, that person's friend told someone. I just yeah. think, like, you can't be precious with these things. You have to just, no one is going to know what you're writing unless they hear you talk about it. So to jump off uh, balance, um, what do we do when we're burnt out? Oh, man. We were just talking about this. I book a trip, <laughs> which I just did, and I was feeling a little burnt out, so that's nice. Um, I book a trip. I take a day and just do, like, cutesy, girly things, so I'm really bad at keeping up with those things. And, like, you know, yesterday I got a mani-pedi and my hair blown out because I was going to this event, and it was just, like, a lovely day. But that gave me more um, permission. I was down in Beverly Hills. I was like, I'm going to stop at this coffee shop. I'm going to, like, write at a new place. Like, I was already sort of letting myself go there Mm -hmm. um and so I think just giving myself permission giving myself permission to spend the day at the Getty and spend half the day going to see art and half the day writing I love doing that and it's just like the best treat you know or or going to the market and like spending a little extra and like making a nice dinner for myself is nice or a friend you know that's awesome yeah that's great I yeah. mean, what do you do when you get burned out? Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been feeling a little burnt out these past few weeks, so I've been taking, I've been going in my calendar and being like, do not schedule your taking a rest <laughs> day this day, and forcing myself to take rest days, and going to yoga classes. I was, I had a really rough day earlier this week, uh, mm-hmm. and um, so I was like, and I, I taught a yoga class, I was like feeling good, and then had a rough day, and um, I actually, taking Certain client calls on rough days helps a lot. One of my clients um, uh, are really phenomenal, and they're in like the the motivational life coach sector. And they said something on the call that like really resonated with me about how how we perfectionism and workaholism as a society is very much like held on this platform when it's indicative of you know there's something might be going on with you, or might be you might be using it as a defense mechanism, or you're doing it because everyone else is busy and um, after that, I immediately like went to a pole dancing class, and then I went to a my favorite yoga teacher had a yoga class, so I went to do take his class that night. So it was just nice to to take the day off and go work out, get out of my head, get out of my apartment. So finding time to do that and then travel. What so. do you do? Give us some examples of stuff where you're not being productive because everything you just mentioned was very productive. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, I'm. Bad. Even though those are all valid, I, I, there's nothing I love than like a run outside with yeah. no one with me. I love working out. Like, I mean, what's nice about pole dancing, even though it sounds productive, it's it's getting you out of your head and into yeah. your body, which I think is really good. Um, I don't really, I don't like watching TV as much as I used to because I'm constantly thinking what I would have done differently and TV has kind of been like work. So I, yeah, and I don't I, like it as much it's, either. It's harder. And it's also like the shows that I've been watching. I haven't loved, 
Uh, I have very strong feelings about all the shows you love. It's okay. It's fine. We'll talk about it off Amy air. Amy doesn't like... Should I say it? <laughs> sure. Amy doesn't like succession. Okay, I have very strong feelings. <laughs> I love Billions, which is the other show about rich people behaving badly. So I would like to watch Billions. I've heard I, it's really I good. I do feel like Billions because I yeah. like it because of the, the female character that I think is really well done. Sweet. Um, and I do not like any of the female characters in succession. You know what I like about the female character in succession of Shiv? Yeah. She's never... This is not well thought out, so bear with me. <laughs> That's okay. It's not a succession podcast. That's so. right. <laughs> Although it could be. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Amy would hate it. Um, <laughs> no, I think they write her just like they would write a male character. She's just as ruthless. She's just as complex. She's just as flawed. Um, and she's not sexualized in any way in their family, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I feel yeah. like uh, what is um, I feel like Ivanka Trump is very sexualized. And, uh, and yeah. like, yeah. And like Donald Trump himself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so fucked. And I, I, like, see it. And growing up, you know, growing up around a lot of rich families, like, it's gross, but you can see it. And, like, you know, not my family would never make me feel this way. But, like, as a woman in a family, like, there is some weird element of that yeah. I don't know like of, of hmm, being a woman in your woman's place and like especially not like sexual family. especially rich families I feel like there's yeah there's dynamics a like get blown out definitely um but I mean in my family it's more about like gender roles not about sex but totally. I think like um Shiv doesn't feel like she's a the woman of the family like she's an yeah. equal player yeah. to all I mean, of them succession's beautifully done I just hate it <laughs> fair enough we don't I, need to yeah, talk about succession people who make it I know it's fun <laughs> I know everybody on Twitter loves it I will I just have so many feelings you didn't try. like um Mindhunter either okay Mindhunter was garbage and okay I have so many okay <laughs> I, I I try not to say like bad things about people's shows on Twitter and like on my blog because I'm like every like I I love all the people in the writer's room writers are great writers are awesome I don't want to talk shit about anyone's show I'm not gonna like at the showrunner be like what did you do why did you make this I hated every moment of it I do that for on Goodreads um <laughs> no but I for for books that I hate but no I just I just have very strong opinions about shows that I think that you're allowed to. You work in this industry. This is literally yeah, your job. I know. I know it is. But I also, like, try to respect the artists and the artisans. But I also mind oh, fuck them. <laughs> I'm joking. I made, I wrote um, a show. I'm also super salty because, like, I wrote a show that I think was Mindhunter but better. So, of oh, course. Oh, of course. I'm going to have that course. opinion regardless um, of whether or not it actually was. <laughs> so, neither of us really watch. I mean, I watch TV when I'm, like, I sit down, sitting down with my notepad, like, ready to just, like, think about TV. But, yeah, as far as, like really unwinding honestly the biggest one for me is calling my family Mm, calling my parents like and also calling my parents in a place where it's not my mom gets so mad when I'm on my bluetooth she's like what what are you saying (laughs) I'm like I'm sorry I'm I'm stuck on the forum trying to to exit and there's a siren and you know and she's just she's so she gets so angry because she misses me so much and she like can't see my face and she can't hear my voice very well um but so I try and go to a place that's like calm whether it's like a park or a coffee shop outside or even just like honestly pulled over in my car where I can just sit and relax and like I feel like that's really great um yeah and I I definitely like draw a lot of my family support because I have a big family and they're all great yeah that's nice Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I'm really bad at unwinding so I'm trying to work on that more (laughs) but I mean I also have I think yoga classes are the best thing to unwind because it's dark quiet mm-hmm. my, one of my mm. favorite teachers recites poetry yeah um so it's 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 my it's my unwinding spot um but moving on to um 
kind of in terms of like what helps us find balance and what helps us you know work in this industry effectively is helping other people whether that's doing like you were talking a lot about like the the gala you went to last night and how affirming that was to see people working in nonprofit and I think that helping other people both in a nonprofit sense but also in our industry and helping other people and connecting people and helping each other get jobs it's so important <laughs> I think it's like the lifeblood of this whole industry it is so important um, whether yeah. it's for benevolent reasons or whether it's not but you know I just yeah. think like no matter what everybody's been helped Mm-hmm. So everybody should help. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. And as I think we were, we were talking a little bit earlier how's this, about this psychological component of reciprocity. And now as humans, uh, I learned about this in my Science of Happiness USC course, Ooh. which is definitely a senior year course. <laughs> Science classes. Uh, and in, in the class, we talked about reciprocity. As And as humans, we are hardwired to want to reciprocate. So if somebody does something nice for us, we want to do something nice back. So even if you are a hard, heartless career guy or gal and you're out here for your own benefit to make a ton of money, it still is in your best interest via psychology to Mm. do nice things for other people so Mm -hmm. they will do nice things for you. And I think that a lot of people forget about this. They're not helping other people. They're not introducing us to other people. Like it's, it's something that I learned very quickly in the agency world because everybody, all of the assistants were constantly trying to help each other get jobs because not only is it beneficial to you, but it's, we're all in the trenches together and we all need a helping hand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I think, especially when you rise out of that assistant position, when you're an executive, I mean, you hear horror stories about executives being awful and, um, you know, big famous people who've done incredible things who are just terrible people. And I just don't, I cannot understand it. I don't know what changes, Mm -hmm. what changed in your brain from when you were an assistant trying to get something to a person who has it all. Power. There's another great um, uh, Atlantic article about how power can literally corrupt your brain. And they show brain scans of CEOs before. It's just, it's insane. It's such an insane article and I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's just... Yeah, it's power I just corrupts. can't get my brain around it. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it um, because of some of the horror stories I've heard. But, I mean, it's like this goes back to um, my one of my goals for how do you have it all. I just really think there's so many paradigms in this industry that are unhealthy that people mm-hmm. just accept. They're like, whatever, yeah, we work 15-hour days, whatever. It's the, it's the way. It's not the way. Like, mm-hmm. let's stop this. This yeah. place, We're not curing cancer. We yeah. are in entertainment. And it's also not productive to work that many hours Also, days. stop taking yourself so goddamn seriously. You're not so <laughs> great. make-believe. Yeah, absolutely. The new Maleficent movie is going to be awful regardless <laughs> of what you do for 18 hours a day. The Marvel Universe exists. <laughs> Sorry, I would work on a Marvel um, <laughs> No show is This is now, now a trash everything podcast. We love um, all the people who made these. We're sorry. Yeah, we're really sorry. Um, moving on from us being sorry. No, I think... I think it's really just it just it's common sense like be good to people and also think about your goddamn legacy you Mm -hmm. know what I mean you touch every person that knows you is going to like have an opinion about you and have either have a better experience or a worse experience because yeah. they met you. And then if, even if you're a hard, heartless career guy or gal, I've still had people come to me and be like, oh, do you know so-and-so? Because they went to USC or whatever. And I was like, oh, yes, or oh, no. <laughs> like, I do know them and it's not. But, like, right. we, everybody, it's such a small industry. 
they, you cannot, do not be a bad person. Do it's, not give out that negative energy. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's so, if you're going to have it all, you have to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy, but some people don't have it all and they have, they, they, sorry, they do have it all and they aren't nice. But what I, my theory is that they're not actually happy. Because yeah. if you're being oh, actively yeah. rude to people, there's no way you're happy. Oh, yeah. People, and, and you don't, people don't want to be around you. Or yeah. people Maybe you're like falsely happy, like you think you're happy, but. You know, uh, I don't think there's, there's any way. There's some pretty miserable people who make other people miserable around them. It's, there's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, like, falsely being happy, we should talk about Instagram and its role in all of this. Yeah. I mean, I think that when it comes to having it all, we use social media as... The reason why social media gets this flack is because we use it to be... To put forth versions of our life that are shallow or not real and... And we're like, this is who we are. And, and of course, we're going to post, we're not going to post, most of us don't post, like, we've got a flat tire on our Instagram, or sometimes we do. It depends on it. Depends. I think that's, like, part of the content stream because it's funny. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah. part, like, honestly, part of the content stream now is, like, I'm, like, flawed. And, like, look how flawed I am and silly. And, like, that's great. And I think that's amazing. I just think it's all, I'm still trying to crack how performative it is. And I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, on one hand, like I want to use it as a performance, like I want to post funny videos on my story and like be weird and do funny characters and stuff because I'm a trained actress and like, that's what I love to do. But on the other hand, like, it's like, do you lean into the performance aspect of it or do you try and be as authentic as well? I don't know. Like, I mean, I I guess it depends on like what you want to get out of it. But I think that, um... I think that as long as we're being authentic in whatever, even yeah. if we're playing a character or playing a role, I think if we're authentic on social media, then it, whatever we post is fine. And I think that yeah. there's so much judgment, especially on women who who maybe show off their bodies on Instagram. And I think that we are, we've gotten so down on the influencer oh in part because God. women are taking back, you know, we used to just only objectify women when in print ads or whatever. <laughs> now women, now when actually, they're actually like gaining from it and getting brand sponsorships yeah, and getting like ridiculous amounts of money from it. We're like, oh, now you have, now you're going to be like, Oh my God, look at how, like, look at her Instagram. She's so she's blah, blah, now. blah. Like, influence. Well, all, good in, for her. She's all these profiting adjectives. off of her looks good for her. Like, Obviously, we, we there's still a conversation to be had about objectification and, and how, our, how our society commercializes women, and we were talking about this earlier on our hike. I know. I got so heated about it. <laughs> Listen, like, you look at those women, and what do you assume, you know? And mm-hmm. it, I don't even know if it's this, this particular aspect is a gender, but you assume they're dumb if they're an mm-hmm. influencer. You assume they're uneducated. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the assumptions you make, and I just think it's... I, I think it's, I don't know, I'm starting to feel like it's kind of wrong to judge anyone's Instagram at any time. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Because we're all just trying to do a thing with it, and we yeah. all have different goals with it. Exactly. And maybe you don't understand that person's goal. Yeah, like, I don't understand the goals of succession or mind hunter. Does it mean that <laughs> But she still does? respects them and never trashes <laughs> I, them on her like, podcast. I respect the creators, I just, I am not the audience. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> truly, truly, I respect the creators. You guys are doing something great. I am just not your audience. <laughs> I feel like I have to say this because I, I I have I have worked in many writers' rooms and some of those shows have gotten shit and some of them none of the writers deserve that, but some of the products of the shows I don't know. <laughs> don't um, you don't know keep who digging I'm a hole. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay, it's okay. Um, no, I think that especially people who don't 
even partake in it who like post every once in a blue moon like they don't participate because it's intimidating and confusing and awkward and weird and you're putting yourself out there socially and it feels vulnerable and mm-hmm. it feels like you're not sure how you feel about it either yeah so don't dole out judgment to other people yes, yes. i don't know i'm so mad about this I'm yeah not, I, I, so i'm mad about this too and i think that everybody's like oh instagram sucks instagram is the reason why our society sucks it's like no instagram's vapid instagram yeah it's like you're you you're sex there's a lot of sexism in terms of how women are using instagram to profit from it just like companies have profited off of women and models forever mm. so i think there's that part of it and i also think that there's beautiful opportunities to be authentic and be vulnerable in cool ways and inspiring ways as long as we do it right and i think that that is something that we're not having a conversation about like as a society we're just like instagram stupid get off of it yeah stop ruining your brain like yeah it's like be on the news instead it's just like (laughs) that's what i tell myself all the time not on the news but like reading the news i just i just i just remembered like a tweet it's like cnn uh like cnn impeachment uh, like, uh, NBC impeachment, ABC impeachment, Fox News, and then it shows them making a pancake. <laughs> they did, like, a pancake bake-off or whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, even the news is oh not Oh, my even God, that's um, so funny. <laughs> I, my whole life is just me bake-off. seeing a funny tweet and then telling everybody about it. So not even, like, sending That should be tweet, someone's job. Verbally. I don't want to ever get on Twitter, ever. <laughs> I love Twitter. Twitter is my favorite thing in the world. Um, um, you can be my official... Twitter girl. I, I'm just gonna be the telling you the tweets audibly, and it's less funny than seeing them. I that's I think that'd be way funnier. Um, there be. should be like a show at Three of Clubs where it's just like people reading tweets. People reading funny tweets. Yeah. Oh yes, um, that's my life. That's my conversations. Yeah. <laughs> I personally feel um, frustrated by Instagram because I feel like every it's very accessible. It's like putting. Remember when your mom was like, "Don't put anything weird on the internet," because no one. Yeah, wants- and everybody was like, "Oh, stranger danger, stranger danger." Now it's like, "Hello, internet, check out what I told my therapist today. Here's some nudes." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like all your everyone's nudes are out there, and it's very it's a very well, scary we've world. Already, we've already accepted that the NSA has our nudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the computer. Oh, that's a that's a that's a new band name. Right. The NSA has your nudes. <laughs> write that down um I get frustrated because I feel trapped between this like I am all about the women who look so smoking hot on Instagram and they're getting all of those people to like follow them and interact and get whatever they need out of it that's what they're doing and like I'm sorry that you're turning around and like slut shaming them I guess Mm -hmm. but you're fucking looking at their pictures so go away if you don't want to That doesn't mean anything about, oh, great example. I'm not going to say her name, but I have a friend who's, I went to a dinner party the other day with her. The smartest person I think I've, you know her. Yeah. The smartest person I've ever met. So well-spoken, great job, brilliant. She's awesome. Super cool. Amazing. Yeah. Her Instagram is smoking. Yeah. And sure, she's like she takes like model pictures. Like, and I'm just in awe of it because I'm like, she's this girl and this girl, even I do it. I have that dichotomy. Um, the what is it? The slut version, horror, ver- uh, horror uh, virgin uh, complex, or whatever it's called. Yeah, the horror Madonna. Madonna. No, yeah, Madonna horror. Madonna horror. <laughs> it is a Madonna horror. <laughs> Look at us up on our feminist lingo. Uh, we did it. Um, you know the Madonna horror stuff. I, I still have issues getting my brain around it, and I feel like men look at Instagrams and either it's, like, this super hot girl and that means one thing to them, or it's, like, a normal whatever, like, next girl, next door kind of girl. I feel like they fall into those two slots. And mm-hmm. what's frustrating to me is, like, 
I'm all about that. And though I'm not like the type to post certain pictures, like there's a part of me that kind of wants to not mm. like crazy, anything crazy, but like I want to post like, like I want us to be able to shoot like a cool, like boudoir, like, like black and white, like awesome kingdom of yeah, pavement thing. Sure. Like we talked about doing like a lingerie yeah. shoot for a while, like as a, like an ironic thing. Um, not ironic, but like it was, what was it? Your, uh, millennial, millennial laundry. Photography. Yeah. It's basically avocado toast, like, but in your lingerie. <laughs> I think that's so fun. And like, I would so love to do that. Totally. But that whole scary thing about like, don't put whatever on the internet freaks me out. Cause I'm a teacher Yeah. one and two, because I'm, I'm so afraid of like, how I'm viewed and I try and put out a very specific like wholesome thing it's it's the whole society like shaming women for their sexuality it's like this is why we feel weird about this yeah we don't want to right like I would feel judged if I put stuff out like that you know and I post my pole dancing videos on my public Instagram that people can see and I post them in my story so it's a little bit more it's harder to find quote-unquote but I, I do that because it's I don't I, I don't care I think it's super fun I like respect all, like all of the women in my poll classes yeah also publish these videos of I survived an earthquake and was dancing on top of a chair so I posted a video of me dancing on a pole on top of a chair in an earthquake because I'm like I survived this this is really cool I wanted to share this with you it guys. is really cool and, and also like, it's cool in general yeah, and like and you like, should get to share it and if you like, you yes, know I'm wearing like eight inch pleaser heels and like not wearing a ton of clothing because it's not safe to wear a ton of clothing while you're pole dancing because you need to stick to the pole did you guys and, know that I bet you didn't uh, yeah nobody knows that people are like why do you wear like nothing when you're pole dancing I'm like it's a safety thing we're acrobats like yeah this is a this, just like how like people like wear like leotards or like skimpy clothing when they're in the olympics doing their thing because especially for pole dancing the, the any clothing you have on like has the potential to slip against the pole and like you could injure yourself so that's why we don't wear very much uh and also mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what i'm wearing <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. it's this whole thing it's it's just it's frustrating because like i want to share those things with people because i think it's a fun accomplishment that i've not died. <laughs> and, um, no, and but like, you want to share your learning and too. You're learning, taking classes. And, like, and like, I've connected with a lot of people who also come out and taking classes with me. And it's, mm-hmm. it's so much fun. And like, it's a fun hobby that I share with people and I try to do it in a tasteful way, but it's so, like, I still feel that feeling of like, Oh gosh, should I be sharing this? I'm like, I don't care, but I do care. Like it's this weird, yeah. I think we're both on that same page of like, we want to share these things, but we're feeling this like shame of like society being like, don't you like women you cannot share your sexuality yeah. with the world I always feel this weird thing of like yes we're young and cute and it's one of those things where like some of my especially from coming from some of my older friends mm-hmm. I feel that if I ever if we did like a cool photo series and I was posting like kind of like cool sultry photos which I actually did I've done mm-hmm. I've done a little bit yeah. but nothing like crazy nothing yeah. more than like a bra or whatever but um I mean I have this like terrible feeling that one of my older friends would be like but you're not the you're not that kind of girl like you're not one of those people I hate those people Mm. like they're the worst and it's just like that verbiage around it is kind of an issue and it's not like this is a society created societal thing like this is not something that people are like setting out to be like I'm gonna like people are like they're these women are gaining from this in like an amazing way like they're taking control of their own destinies like how can you sit there and fucking judge them for Definitely. having followers and having influence that's yeah. you're jealous I'm sorry jealous. yeah so I think it's really interesting and it's as a platform for expression we should be more open to whatever people want to share yeah and regardless to get rid of this shame around it's like why can't teachers also post pole dancing videos mm-hmm. like why are we why is that such a terrible thing like 
Because what if the kids saw, you know? Oh no! But it's true. But those kids have Instagram, so that's a that's an interesting question. Yeah. If you're if it's a if it's something sexy, like how do you how do we how do we reconcile this when kids are on Instagram? First of all, because yeah, I mean, they're probably seeing tons of things, but uh, their teacher they can, see, they, they can find porn in like two seconds. That's true. <laughs> okay, that's let's, true. Let's get back. I, I know. Like I mean, I think that, I, but I also think that it's frustrating that like. Uh, this is almost like a whole entire other podcast. Yeah, um, we got basically, off, to, off topic like, for sure. It's really fascinating. I think it's really cool. We should yeah. do like another well, whole we're gonna podcast. Have to. We're going to have to. We're going to. I want to do more research and then yeah, I want to come back with some numbers. Like, what our goal for King of Pavement and what we do here is to be more authentic on social media, on our website, and to be more authentic on our open mic nights, which mm. have been really lovely, and, and to just bring vulnerability and authenticity to every platform and get rid of shame. Yeah. I think that is the goal. No more shame 2020. Yeah. No, no more shame. Um, no more drama. No more shame. No more drama. Uh, even if I don't like the same shows that you like. Uh, so moving on to the next part of having it all, which is, uh, dating, personal relationships, friendships, all that jazz, but mostly like the dating romantic side. Cause I feel like that's the part that, that we saved to the end because we didn't want to talk about it. We saved to the end. We're going to quickly go through we're it. We're going to gloss over it. Um, okay, done. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I feel like we're both still figuring it out. So um, um, let's let's just talk about dating in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Parents, friends, family, too now. <laughs> I think that the tough thing about LA is there's, like I've said this before on this podcast, there's so much opportunity. At any moment, your show could be bought and your life could be changed and yay, you did it, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's a lot of opportunity and that also carries over to dating. So mm-hmm. people are not um, satisfied ever, you know? To bring up another th- thing that's funnier if you read it, but I'm going to explain it to you anyways. <laughs> I overheard LA. Somebody was like, LA is a city where through late internet stalking, you can see someone in like a TV ad and, and then two days later be on a date with them. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's so true. The amount of times that like somewhere, I literally saw my barista from, uh, I'm not going to say where, that's weird. I don't okay. want people to like stalk her, I don't even know her name. Um, walking down the street, walking her dog on the phone with like her agent, being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're not doing your job. Remember, like so not barista energy, and it was so funny. No, but the people, those people pop up in your life all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what it's like, tindering out here, or whatever you're doing, pindering, or bumble, Pinch. or yeah. whatever. Um, you're swiping around, and you're like, you know, you see tons of, people and you're like I recognize you yeah another dating app you're like no from the television (laughs) um where are we going with this so basically dating in Los Angeles especially with the crazy careers that we have can be a unique challenge uh also with the mindsets out here yes so I think the tricky part of having it all from the dating standpoint is a first of all clarifying like what we want going into these relationships because we're both busy people <laughs> yeah like as much as we try like you're leaving for london on friday we could not find time to like schedule a photo shoot between now and friday because we're both so busy and and while yeah. we're, we, we can prioritize and make time for things and we're starting to scale back on some of the things that are less important in our lives what like how do you how do you how do you prioritize dating do you prioritize dating in your schedule what does that look like yeah i yeah. have it depends if i'm in the mood to date then I will prioritize it, and I will go on many dates. 
If I'm not in the mood to date, I will not go on a date for months on end. Um, No, I think it's just, it's easy with apps, honestly. And that's kind of what I've done because I don't, I don't have time to like have a meet cute fucking situation and then, why are you doing that? I, 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 I just, <laughs> you like, think of a meet cute? I, I, like, had an almost meet cute. Oh I don't my know. Oh, Like, really cute girl who works at this bookstore, and I got books that were not self-help books, and she noticed. They were books about the Russian gulag. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and she's like, oh, thank God you're not buying more, like, more self-help books. And, and she was just super Do people cute come in there buying a lot of self-help books? Uh, apparently. Oh, uh, and that sounds like, like LA. Oh, great. And, like, I feel like there was flirtatious energy, Ooh. and I didn't give her my number, and now I'm, I'm like, kicking myself. You I've have to go done, back. I've done, like, internet, internet stalking, and I couldn't find her, so I, was, I have to go back, and I have to go ask her out. I feel like so, there's definitely been a meet-cute in a movie at a bookstore, I, if not a record she, store. And she works at a really cool bookstore in L.A., so I... I can, that means a lot to you, I can tell. <laughs> Look at it you really, there. it does matter. There's a ranking of books, bookstores, and this one is at the top. The last bookstore? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God! How did I... I know. <laughs> it's the hipsterest uh, it's the place best. in town. Shut up, shut up, shut up. No, it's uh, great. It's great. Have you been to the Iliad? It's even more hipster because you haven't heard of it. Is that the one on Vermont? No, it's on Chandler. Ooh, okay. I'm going to check that It's very used bookstore <laughs> vibes. It's not like the last bookstore and museum and downtown hub and the only thing fun in downtown. And all of the tourists go there. Yeah. yeah uh, shut no, up. it's fun. like okay. on my old street in NoHo. Like, no one oh. goes there. There's like seven cats that live in there. Oh, it's great. I kind of love that. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, in Berlin, my the photographer I interviewed uh, was talking, I wrote this in the article, but she was she's like, oh, you should go to this bookstore and this bookstore, but not this bookstore. And I was like joking and I was like, oh, why is in a sex club and she's like uh they put a mattress in there so I think that was the intent oh my god <laughs> I just started laughing so hard it was incredible Ooh. um but going off topic like it's harder to ask people out in public now that we have dating apps because when you're dating with a dating app it's just you're already it's assumed that you like the other person that's right after them otherwise you just right. ghost them um, but in person, it's so much harder to ask someone out and that's what I'm going through <laughs> especially because I don't know I have a I think I you can play the, like, I, here's here's what I would do. I've never really asked anyone out in, part, in person. <laughs> no, I have. But, I mean, I always, like, ask them to hang out as, as friends, and then you can kind of, like, see how it goes. Interesting. Like, uh, be like, you're really cool. We should talk about books. You want to get a drink? That's smart. Why? Yeah, and it's also, yeah, as a, as the woman, I've never had to ask people out I, in the way that I... Right. So it's also it's also challenging. New things. Um, new things, new things. I, I think it is really... And people are like, wow, you're brave. Like, that you can tell. <laughs> like, I've thought about it, especially in my gym, because the gym is not... People are in their zone. Yeah, There's it's a so bad many place cute to guys ask. that go to my gym. Yeah. And I'm always tempted to be like... Can you help me with it? But then I'm like, I don't want to ask someone. To, like that's embarrassing. I don't want to ask someone to help me with the machine. Like, that's, no, even though I know they'd be like, yeah, totally. But you know, I just I feel like I feel like if I ever would ask someone out of the gym too, then I'd like see them all the time. Yeah. If they like said no or I wasn't into them, it'd be a whole. Then you thing. have to like give them a nod when you do like, burpees. Hey. And then like, yeah. No, no, when I'm like oh, disgusting, you know. <laughs> Gyms are hard. Um, no, but. So when it comes to um, oh we, we, when like, it comes to like sorry go ahead were you gonna say something no I was just gonna say we were gonna talk about like how do you make time for it oh yeah I don't time. actually know if I make time for it. I think it kind of happens yeah I don't make time for dating either like when I have the time to like go 
meet people and like go on apps and like or go to bars and meet people I will yeah but I also I feel like when it just kind of happens or like if I'm if I met someone and I am dating them then I will make time and I'll be like I like this person I would like to yeah. see them this week great Definitely. done plan I think well I think what's tricky is getting in this interesting gray area of what are we which I think mm. is especially in LA when everybody is busy um, it's so much harder to pin down, like, if you start staying with somebody, like, what are we? And yeah. it's not cool to ask, what are we? And, like, that whole thing. And not, and, and especially because you've got to clarify then what you want to that to be. Which I, I think yeah. is especially which challenging. <laughs> especially when we have careers that can be like, all right, time to go to London for three months for your job or whatever. Like, things can just change in a, yeah. um, in a dime. And it's hard to kind of figure out where we're at, what we want, yeah. and communicate that effectively, and be adults when we're, like, in our 20s. <laughs> right. So it's, it's so hard to manage expectations and schedules, and... I think it's yeah. almost a laughable question at this point. Like, yeah. what are we? Like, yeah. because I think this generation is woke enough to not make the any assumption. Like, I feel like it's more of a conversation of, what are you looking for? What is your goal? Definitely. And I, they even like, I think, is it Bumble that asks you what you're looking for or one uh, of them? A few of them do. Yeah. Which and nice. which I think is nice, you yeah. know, then you don't even ever have to have that conversation. But I think the assumption to me, like by the, not for me, but by the mm-hmm. status quo is like, if you're going on dates and you're sleeping together, you're not, you're like seeing each other. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even see, say like you're dating. I'd say you're seeing each other. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's still, it's a lot less informal, and in order, you kind of have to define, if you want to date someone seriously, you have to be upfront. of, but then you, but then I think it's still true. But how do you say, I want to, I want to date you, but I don't want to date you seriously? That's the question. It, I, yeah, I think we're, we're at this really interesting point where nobody <laughs> can define the levels of seriousness. They're also just, and, what do you even mean? What does serious even exactly. mean? Exactly, and then does it mean marriage? And I think we were talking a little bit before about do we, does our generation even want marriage? Because divorce is expensive and we can't afford, afford homes or can't even afford a toast. wedding. Listen, and, <laughs> listen, weddings are stupid. <laughs> weddings uh, are all yes. for other people's approval. Weddings are I okay. Weddings are in the same bucket for me as like succession and my daughter. <laughs> Just but throw them in respect there. Respect to the people who make the show. Are you putting um, fire in that bucket too? <laughs> respect the creators. Respect the writers. Respect the everyone who works on the show. But I not for me. Uh, <laughs> respect the wedding corner. Respect the caterer. Respect the. Respect no. the people who make yeah marriage just, is trash. Put it in the trash can. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Everyone who's married, I love you. I just think it's so it's so much money. It's so such a big money. to do. You're putting so much pressure on yourselves. Like, just don't do that. Just choose just to not throw do a that. Party, get all your friends together. Yep. Get like everyone to like. Buy I'm still. Their own I still drinks. want everyone to dance. That sounds fun. Yeah, I, I still want some music. Like yeah. maybe it's not even like a thing. Maybe you know. I don't know. I don't my know what it's gonna be, be like. Dance yourself clean. I'm just gonna. Invite everybody to go. <laughs> this is my birthday party. We're not even gonna rent out the place. It's just like everybody just show up. <laughs> that's your reception. That's my reception. That, that's the, that's a wedding. <laughs> the black and white balloons are actually for bride and groom, not for um clean and dirty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think like our generation has grown out of the typical conversations that you used to have in relationships I don't I think a ton of people are fluid a ton of people don't want to be monogamous um I think the world has changed so much and we haven't caught up in like the love languages not Mm -hmm. not the love languages but we haven't caught up in the way that we talk about love and dating and I think 
honestly, it causes so much harm because I know so many guys who are like, no, 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 I can't, I can't do anything. Not even guys, women too. Like, I can't have a commitment. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm in this stage of my life where I can't. And like, mm-hmm. I totally hear that. But it's also at the same time, you're working off of an old paradigm of what it used to mean to like have a girlfriend or have a boyfriend. And in the, like, a long time ago, that meant like, no, you prioritize, prioritize that person over like the work event. No, you only travel with that person. No, like here's all these conservative traditional rules that are like defined by the patriarchy to basically keep each other down. Yeah. Now it's a totally different thing. Like I view relationships much more as like a partnership. Like you help each other's careers, you're supportive, like you see each other when you see each other and like personally I want a monogamous relationship but a lot of people don't and like Mm -hmm. they want this very similar thing but like you can have sex with other people like whatever it is that you want to define um what your relationship looks like you kind of have to like tetris them together (laughs) to be like this is my relationship want and And it's a frankenstein absolutely and I think that you have to kind of get clear on what having it all means for you. Yeah. We're kind of tying everything together uh, and kind of figuring out how, what is the ideal work environment that you're in and then what is the ideal dating and relationship piece that fits into that mm-hmm. and, and and then being able to express that to the humans that you, human humans that you are interacting with and being like, this is what I want. Do you share the same values? And I think that it takes so much self-awareness to get to that point that I, we're all still figuring it out. But having that's that has to be like the groundwork out here because there are so many out here. It's just so different, and everybody wants so many different things. There's so many moving parts. There's so much travel for work. There's so much expectations. We want to accomplish so much. We want to save the world. We want to change it all. Global warming is a thing. That we want to read a fucking book. We want to. All I'm book. talking about. I just want to finish this book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much, so much going on and just being able to communicate clearly, find somebody who has the same values as you and then have it all together. Have we like found the answer? No. Can you have it all? (laughs) Oh, can you have it? Oh, okay. Yeah. That that was the question we asked. You know what I think though, Amy? Yeah. (sighs) This is going to negate everything we talked about for the past (laughs) six hours, but I think that the concept of having it all is actually a societal construct. I think that, I think that the idea of having it all is being the most present in every moment that you possibly can be. No matter how messy it is. Exactly. No matter how messy it is. Because think about like currently in this moment, I feel like we have it all. Like I wrote today, I, we hung out, we worked out, we ate healthy, like we are being good spiritual people and drinking tea instead of wine. Yeah, detoxing <laughs> from the endless mimosas I had at brunch today. <laughs> um, detoxing <laughs> from the one red wine I had last night at the Scala and then drove home. Um, no, I think that that's something that like Eckhart Tolle talks about it a lot and he talks mm-hmm. about the ego and how that um, – really influences everything that we do and everything that we think that we want. And mm. I think that the having it all goal is actually what we think that we want. Yes! I actually love this. I was, my favorite yoga teacher this week had as a quote that he says frequently in his class while we're meditating. And he says, the present moment, and life is happening now in the present moment, mm. not the future, not the past. Have you noticed? Have you noticed what you're feeling right now in the present moment? Because this is life. 
it wasn't five minutes ago, it's not five minutes from now, life is right now. Mm. And that's just so beautiful. And I think that you're right. I think that having it all is not, you know, I think you're right. I think that's a really beautiful way to end the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I solved it. You're welcome. No, <laughs> I, I, but, solved I everything. but I think like well, everything that we just talked about, like if you focus on being present every day and like assessing like, what am I working towards today in this moment? Who are the people that I'm connecting with today and in this moment? Um, over time, I think there's no way that you can't manifest like the work goals that you want and the personal goals that you want because you're you're actively and um, you're being present in that practice of working towards these goals every single day. And that's better than me scrolling through Instagram, like, while I'm trying to write, but scrolling through Instagram and lusting after somebody and, like, blah, 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 all these things, like, being on Tinder. Like, that's not – that's not being present. So I think I think everything we've talked about was covered. Instagram, yeah. jury's still out. But, like, I yeah. think it's a lo- lovely way of – now I I'm just rambling. That. No, no, no. I love that. I think that's really <laughs> special, and I think we all need to just have it all day by day. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank everyone for listening to the Kingdom of Haven podcast. Uh, one thing that is new since the last time Flannery and I chatted on this podcast is our open mic nights. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't been, you absolutely need to go. They're on the third Saturday of every month. We highly recommend you getting tickets in advance. We will have some at the door, but we've been selling out pretty quickly, so we still want to make sure everyone can come, so please grab a spot. Grab a spot. Grab online. a spot. <laughs> grab a spot. And, Pop a spot. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can go to kingdomofpavement.com events uh, and check that out and uh yeah keep an eye out make sure you're on our mailing list for future uh issues and everything that we're anything like events we're hosting um yeah. or special things special giveaways uh will be coming via email also we have t-shirts if you guys are we interested have t-shirts. We also they're have so buttons, soft which they're so soft know about. <laughs> they're so soft <laughs> not plural all of our words are gone now i literally <laughs> felt my whole face like grow so i like at some point i think i was closing my eyes during this um and i would just last thing i wanted to say was welcome to our amazing assistant lex who has yes. just been Yes. A life changer. Life changer. Um, we couldn't be more happy to welcome her to the Pavement family. And yeah, she was at our last open mic night. If you were here, you met her. She is incredibly lovely. Uh, her friend Ray came out as well and did the art for our chalk yes. bars, which were amazing. Yep, and my friend Will did all the sound, So, yeah. um, and I think he'll continue. So, yeah. um, you know, we couldn't be more grateful for these people in our lives, and we can't yeah. wait to facilitate more ways for you guys to get to um, share and create art. Definitely, and if you like this podcast, if you like the work that we're doing, if you want to support us, you can go on to Patreon and for a dollar a month you can help us keep the lights on and all of our Patreons, uh, patrons on Patreon, <laughs> Patreons? I don't Patreons. know. Patreons. <laughs> um, get into our All of our Pokemons. All of our Pokemons. Uh, depending on the tier you choose, you can get into our events. We have free t-shirts and, and all sorts of different kinds of things depending on uh, how much you contribute a month, but honestly, even if you just donate a dollar a month we appreciate that to help us keep doing this so that we can continue to build our kingdom one block of pavement at a time <laughs> i just had this visual of you and i like laying <laughs> cement <laughs> smoking cigarettes harassing women <laughs> and on that note goodbye good night everybody